Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And I have to turn off the space heater. Okay. We're in my garage. We are. It was a little chilly. And Kate said, Dori, would you like me to turn on the space heater? And I said, yes. And then Dori said, can I borrow a sweatshirt? And I said, yes. That's just the kind of friendly and accommodating co-host that we are. That's what this work from home life is like. (laughs) Two people who can't handle 60 degree temperatures. How's it going? Well, we need to just do our biz. Oh, yeah. Our biz. Our biz. We got to biz it up. I forgot about the biz. Biz up top. Let's do the biz up top. Biz up top. Number one, we have a voicemail, 781-591-0390. We love to hear from you. We do. We truly do. 
Same with email, which is forever35podcast at gmail.com. And we have a Facebook group that is still very active two years in. Facebook.com slash group slash forever35podcast. The answer to the question that you will be asked upon attempting to join the group is serums. That's right. Because we talk about them on this show. Mm -hmm. If you like the show, please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend or mention us on social media. And a reminder that all the products we mention are always on our website, forever35podcast.com. We also have merch at forever35merch.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at forever35podcast and on Twitter at forever35pod. And you can listen to G Thanks to Spot It, our first ever Forever 35 produced pod. Yeah. Wherever you get your podcast. Wherever you pod. Mm-hmm. Speaking of pods, mm-hmm. I've got a new thing. Okay. <clears throat> I'm ticking and I'm talking, Dory. Mm-hmm. I am tick talking all day long. Mm-hmm. I'm addicted to TikTok. TikTok's great. I mean, I've told you that like I'll be I'll just be like sitting there TikToking and Matt will come in and I'll be like, "What are you doing?" and I'll be like, "TikToking." And he's like, "What?" Like he's like, "Isn't this for teens?" And you're like, "Yes." <laughs> and I'm young at heart. <laughs> or I'm just like a creepy old lady. There are older people on TikTok as well. There are. Someone came up in in my uh what's it called the for you page oh, yes <laughs> um some like grandpa and the grandma no oh. some like some guy named like old man sam <laughs> i saw like dancing grandparents i that, saw that was him my, he I was saw. doing a cooking show and he was showing everyone how to make biscuits oh from a package that sounds cute <laughs> It was cute and you watched it i did watch it i have i have i would say in the last couple of weeks like gone full tiktok uh-huh. I've gotten very into it. If you are curious about the app or like the culture and the influencers, I really recommend the Be There in 5 podcast episode about TikTok. Also, great pod. I love Be There in 5. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate, who's the host, does like just really great thorough deep dives on topics that I am curious about. And one thing I'm curious about are the teen influencers of TikTok. And now I follow them all and I'm practicing their dances secretly in my bathroom and I feel like I'm going to make my first dance video. I'm here for this. And I might make a Forever 35 podcast TikTok. Okay. Okay. Which I did ask you, would you dance on it? Um, would you learn a dance and do it with me? Maybe. Okay. Like one of the easier dances. Yeah, maybe. Because this is what, if anyone's like, what the F is TikTok? It's, it's a video app slash social media app that makes it very easy to like, thread everybody's doing the same thing like it's it's you can see these dance trends pick up and dance is a big part of tiktok and a lot of the teen influencers that i'm some of the influencers are like 21 that i'm following but a lot of them are like 17 they do dances and they just do them over and over Mm -hmm, again mm -hmm. And, and i don't i'm a little worried because i feel like this is me the way my ocd manifests in a lot of ways is like really the the urge to know every little bit of information mm. about certain things mm-hmm. and i can feel that happening with this and sometimes it's a really positive experience and other times it's not and i can't ascertain right now if tiktok is like if this is kind of self care like i'm just like i'm enjoying the feeling of like lying there and watching 50 videos of people dancing or if it's not actually a productive use of my time and also right now maybe i shouldn't even care yeah i mean my only my only thought uh-huh. Uh-huh. is uh-huh. that right now you're kind of a 
you're sort of a passive observer, right? Like you're taking it all in, you're getting to know these people, but but you're you're not participating. And I I do wonder if you kind of s- flip the switch to becoming a participant if that is going to possibly exacerbate some of your tendencies to anxiety because then it's about like how many people have watched my video, how many people have liked my video, are people commenting on my video, how do I look in this video? Like I could see it becoming a thing. Also the time it takes to learn a dance. Yes. For someone like me, look, I appreciate the support I've received as I pursue tap dancing and ballet 101. I am not a dancer. I don't know choreography. Like the 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 thought of learn having to learn one of these dances, yeah, will be an investment of my time. Right. But right. I picked the easiest one to start with, which I think I have down. But like the renegade, I can't do super that. hard. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take me like a week to learn. Mm-hmm. For what? Yeah, I don't know. Again, but then what? It, so here I am. Anyway, adults, do you use TikTok as self care? <laughs> Teen listeners, I know you're out there. Am I a weird old lady on TikTok or we should have Taylor Lawrence on the show? Oh, I would love that. She she gets the teens. She does get the teens. She is literally on the teen beat, if you will. If you will. But anyway, I yeah, it it it's triggering also my like the way I've used pop culture as self-care in a lot of ways. Mm. Because this is a new it's like a it's a form of escapism for me. Yeah. And it's very soothing, like getting to the bottom of which tiktokers are dating and which tiktokers are not dating and what is the scandal and where do these brothers come from so many dancing well brothers. you know it's a whole it's a world it's a universe yes like like learning about like a universe created by a, a book series yes totally and in some ways these people don't totally feel real but they are but they are um but yeah it's not just like suddenly developing a crush on an actor or something like you have this whole world that you can delve into yes and it's becoming a thing so i need to watch i need to just watch that i mean i think it's good that you're aware of this and you're aware of these tendencies in yourself dory what have you been up to i moved three weeks ago and like the house is getting there but it's definitely not done in terms of like stuff being put away and stuff being set up and like my office is not set up and part of this is on me and part of this is on Matt working all the time and when he gets home he's been like concentrating on getting his you know space set up um and but the result is that I don't have like I haven't really had a workable office for the last few weeks which has kind of turned into starting to be a drag. So I'm trying to get my office area all set up. Um, But it's hard because like, I don't know where everything should go. I don't have like totally the right storage. You know what I mean? Like it's just, even though our house is bigger and has more closets, like somehow the storage feels different. I don't know. It is different. Yeah. You just have to re do it all i have to redo it all a ton of work yes and so and like the closets are kind of these big empty spaces and i feel like i need to make them more storage friendly like they need like shelves or something yeah yeah. um so i've been thinking about that and but like i don't know just all of it is very overwhelming before i came to your house today i did a little bit of a little bit of organizing like i took a bookshelf 
it's a small bookshelf that had been just sort of hanging out in our dining area, wrapped in the plastic wrap from the movers <laughs> for three weeks. And I finally took it into the office because that's where it's going to live. I was like, okay, this needs to just like go. And I like moved some plants <laughs> and like got a couple boxes, like not totally put away, but just sort of like reorganized. Um, and I know I just need to like do it. So that's what's that's kind of what's been happening. And I've, and I've also just feel, been feeling like I've been overextending myself. Like I've been taking on too many things and I've been committing to too many things, um, whether it's like socially or work-wise. And I, knew, I mean, I knew this going into last week, like we had a conversation about it. And then last week, predictably, was very stressful. So trying to just sort of like... I don't know. It's hard. It's really hard. I tend to take on too much. And I tend to not notice until it's too late. And I look at my calendar and I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> well, oftentimes I'll be like, oh, what's going on? What are you working on? And you're like, well, I have these three pieces due. And I'm, I'm like, what? Is yeah. The first, like, you, you do? Yeah. Not that I need to know everything about your life. Um, but, but like, it's like you just are doing yeah. a lot of stuff that is even like, you're not even mentioning. Yeah. Like, I sound like I need to know everything about your life. I mean, you basically do. do. Let's be honest. You do get to see some of your Google calendar. It's very you exciting. Do. Yeah. It's quite a thrill. And vice versa. And vice versa. Um, so yeah. But wait. Yes. You are listening to a lot of audiobooks. So, I want to talk about that. So into audio. Enough about my overextensions. <laughs> I, you know, I finished. I, I'm I'm trying to read more. Period. Yep. Yep. This yep. year, and also broaden the topics that I'm reading and learning about. So I finished The Great Believers, my first book of 2020. Isn't it great? I, it, yes, it's fantastic. I did you cry? I, I was a mess. I sobbed, and I would reread it again in a heartbeat. Slash, I'm dying for the movie. Um, and then I listened to Jessica Simpson's autobiography, Open Book, on Audible. Um, I put it on hold at the library after you recommended it. Did you put the yes, audio? Yes, I, okay. I put the audio book on I hold. I just, it's, I, so having, listening to a person read their autobiography, like I did this with Michelle Obama's book, mm. I just find it really satisfying. So that was a pleasure. And it gave me some good boundaries in terms of, like, you know, not... I just listened to that while I did stuff and I was so excited yeah. to listen to it that I'd be like, time to do the dishes and put on my pod, put on my Jessica Simpson book. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. That's really cool. I and mean, I love pop culture and I used to cover her for work. So I felt like, yes, you know, there was a lot of stuff that I used to have to write about that was then in, in there, but I finished it. And then I was like, well, I really enjoyed this. What's another book that I've wanted to read and I haven't been able to make the time to read. And that was Ronan Farrow's Catch and Kill. Mm -hmm. So now I'm deep and I've gotten, I've blasted through it. It's such, I read, so I read that in print. I remember. And I am now listening to the Catch and Kill podcast. Which I am going to tune into. Which I highly recommend. I think if you haven't read the book, it, the podcast is great. If you have read the book, I think the podcast is even better because it acts as this sort of like compliment to the book. And wait. you kind of see all of these things that he talks about in the book, like really come to life. Like he, he got so many amazing interviews and it's really, I mean, it's very intense, but it's really good. I really recommend it. I mean, on a, on a high note, 
he does voices for all the people, which is so Into bizarre. It. We should tell people what it's about if they haven't heard of it. So basically, Ronan Farrow was uh, a reporter at NBC. He essentially got the Weinstein story and wanted to air it on NBC and had done all these on the record interviews and NBC killed the story for murky reasons. It's heavily implied that in part because the head of NBC news was a screenwriter, which is like bizarre that the head of NBC news would be a screenwriter. Totally weird. Um, that his relationship with Harvey Weinstein influenced his decision to kill the story. Um, that is very strongly implied. Um, and so Ronan Farrow ended up taking the story to the New Yorker and they ran it and it was, you know, predictably very explosive. And, and I don't know that NBC is like necessarily recovered from that. Like it was very, it was a huge black eye on their, on their faces, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the book is is really, really good. And, and the podcast is great, too. Oh, another thing that is happening with me is that I'm going to Disneyland this weekend with Henry and and Matt and my husband. And? And my sister and her family. Former guest, Karen Vladek. Former Esquire. Forever 35 guest, Karen Vladek Esquire. Dory's sister. And her family. We're all going to Disneyland. Which, they, they are going for... Th- for three nights. They do not live in California. They do not live in California. They are coming in to go to Disneyland. They're not even coming to LA. They're going straight to Anaheim. And we, being SoCal residents, have the privilege of just driving to Disneyland. Yes. Although we are going to stay overnight on Saturday. Wow. You're yes, doing it. We're doing it. Are you going to be able to like relax and enjoy yourself? Doubtful. Okay. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Look, you know yourself. I'm going with a 10-month-old. That's true who still naps twice a day. Like it's going to be tough. That is true. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually looking forward to like taking Henry to Disneyland. All right, let's take a break. Okay. 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 Quality sleep is essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology, 
that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite honey love piece. Let me, let me just tell you why. Yeah. Get into it. Do you want to tell me why? (laughs) No, no. I was just going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes. That's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish 
on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to Become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss, or Think Like a Boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Our guest today is Naomi Ekparagan. Naomi, welcome to the pod. Hello. We're doing it. We're doing it. Before we do it, I'm going to read a bio. Okay. That's what happens before people do it. Yep. They read a bio of the person they're with. <laughs> you should. I don't know. Why am I making a very <laughs> high school sex joke? <laughs> That's just a, who you are. It is who I am. Yep. TikTok star Kate Spencer. Okay. <laughs> Naomi Ekparagan is a comedian, actor, and writer known for her work on Broad City, NBC's Great News, and HBO's Mrs. Fletcher. I loved that season. Mm. Naomi has performed stand-up on Late Night with Seth, with Seth Meyers, as well as on Two Dope Queens on their special for HBO, and she has a half-hour special on Comedy Central. And if that were not cool enough, Naomi co-hosts the popular live show and podcast, Couples Therapy, which is a show where stand-up comics do sets about their relationships. Uh-huh. And you, you co-host it with your real-life partner. Yes, my betrothed, Andy Beckerman. Yeah, which we will get Two. We're so glad you're here. I want to ask you because when I emailed you about doing Forever 35, and I was like, we talk about self care and wellness. And you were very nice. You were like, I'll totally do it. But I don't know if I have enough of a self care. And you didn't say these exact words. But you you were like, I have one lotion. And I'm intrigued by juice cleanses. Yes, exactly. Uh, So I would love to well, one, I want to know what lotion and also what about <laughs> juice cleanses intrigues you. But what do you, what is self-care for you? Is it something that you feel like you have? And you also talk about it in your stand-up. Well, this is something I find very difficult. Because also when you say like wellness is a y'all two white women in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when you come through with self-care, y'all coming through with a whole 
personality vibe crystal hiking like it's a full on chunky Mm -hmm. chunky sweater a chunky sweater on a 70 degree day that's what i'm wearing (laughs) Um, and that's why i'm always like i was like i have nothing that Mm -hmm. compares to sort of because i think to what i lack is diligence and willpower and so when it comes to self-care stuff i always feel like i don't i can't there's certain things i do that soothe me mm-hmm. but i don't necessarily know if it's the best for me and that's mm-hmm. why i wonder yeah. right and sometimes the line between how how long can i do this or how long can i lean into this or allow myself to do this before it's really not actually helpful in any way you know yeah because i watch so because like a lot of my, my self-care stuff a lot of it centers on food but it's usually good food meaning um not healthy food. I use, I use food as a reward mm. and as comfort. That's its own issue. We can talk about it with my clothing and <laughs> that I can no longer fit. And then also, you know, I watch a lot of like procedurals and true crime shows because they always have a format and I, you kind of just are following the trail. And sometimes, sometimes you can get into an episode where the killer either kills himself at the end or doesn't get caught. That's upsetting. That's upsetting. I think people need to say up top, like if a case is closed or not. You know, at the top of the episode. Are these? Th- this is like a procedural, so it's not a true crime show, like Law and Order. Law and Order, both. Okay, both, or like both, Forensic both. Files. A Forensic Files. You know, lately I'm watching Lieutenant Joe Kenda, Homicide Hunter, and that's really just tickling me pink because he is a he is a he's like a retired detective who's going over his old cases and obviously oh. the show is more recent so he's doing cases like the 80s or something you know and so a lot of reenactments some of them cheesy as hell but then you cut to him you know doing like a straight to camera thing where he's like do i like this yes i do <laughs> An angry boyfriend is always a good place to start. Oh my god! And that's what he'll say, and it's like literally like so fucking funny. But also, you're watching every every um case is something he solved. You know what I mean? Like Lieutenant Joe Kenda is not going to give you a case where he like fucked up. Mm-hmm. So it's very like calming and soothing to be like Joe Kenda's on the case. That actually, I I there's a few shows that I watch in a soothing manner and i feel like there's something about the completion of a of these true crime shows yes this is why i like mysteries this is why i like cozy mysteries what's a cozy mystery it's like it often takes place in like a small village mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nobody gets hurt no people get hurt okay. murders happen <laughs> yeah but there's often like there's like eccentric village characters <laughs> A lot of tea. Okay, okay. Like, um, do you watch these shows? Is this like, um, what is the one with the um, the Midsummer Murders? Midsummer Murders. Mm-hmm. Yes. When you did the bicycle, yes, I knew what you were talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Yes. Exactly. That's a cozy mystery. Yes. Yes. And you know that at the end of every show, you're gonna know who the killer was. Have you seen Death in Paradise? That's yes, I one. have. <laughs> And I love it. It's I about have. a locale. It's about a locale, Kate. You need. It's set a. It's in a, a beautiful fake, backdrop. It's a fake Caribbean island. Yes. Just first of all, <laughs> it is like you are. It's this is must like I have no idea what world you are talking about. Okay, so it's set. These are both British shows. Okay, first of all, and so that those are the ones that are cozy. Yes, particularly cozy. Yes, yes. And are these Midsummer be- more cozy than Death in Paradise? He's a priest who literally rides a bicycle <laughs> through this English village in what the fifties, <laughs> and then like somehow again he's a priest and yet he solves all the crimes. And for a place that tiny, there's a lot of crimes. So many. Crimes. That's always the hallmark of a cozy mystery. You're like literally five hundred people live in this right. village. How have seventeen people been murdered in the last six months? 
<laughs> and how's the priest solving all the cases? The priest is the one who solves it? Ultimately. He, he's the detective. Yeah. He's the Miss Marple. Who's that? Okay. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you literally doing every day? <laughs> I don't understand how you spend your time. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I mean, honestly, right now it's reading Bachelor spoilers and watching Shit's Creek. Okay, Bachelor. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I mean, not that's like not a choice I'm feeling good about at the moment. Miss Marple, for the record, was one of Agatha Christie's two oh. main detectives. The other being Hercule Poirot. And so you yeah. knew this. You also read Agatha Christie. I did. It's funny. I read her when I was younger. When I was like into that, but I don't. You know. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know who Miss Marple is. But this has been like a, I'm out in the world, Kate. <laughs> no, not me. Not me. I literally. <laughs> I like to write books. Don't know uh, <laughs> iconic characters written by Agatha Christie. But that's interesting to me that 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 for both of you, actually, that that's been like a, a mm. soothing thing in your lives since childhood. Yeah. Or since one starts first reading adult mysteries, middle school, yeah. whenever that is. Yeah. But I feel like the cozy ones you're talking about, Dory, like they're not gruesome. Exactly. Yes. Right? Yes. And the problem is like, some of this stuff is gruesome. And like, I was legit watching something yesterday where I was like, I think I really got to stop. This is fucking mm. me up. Because <laughs> it's just like to hear about it. It also makes me, li- I feel like I come away also from most episodes being like, all men need therapy. Yeah. Half of these episodes, half of Lieutenant yeah. Joe is some man who couldn't manage his goddamn anger. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you've got to learn to use your words. Yeah. And not your guns. Yeah. And I think like I, having that where I'm like, I, it's fucking up the way I go into the world. You know, yeah. I'm all like, none of you can be trusted. <laughs> Kate, here's a parallel for a world that oh. you're familiar and you know familiar with. You know how romances they'll be like it has a happy happily ever after. Yes, yes, yes. So you know that there's like that yes. satisfying resolution, and you know it end. ahead of time. Yes, it's the same thing. Okay, yeah. I, I get, okay. I get yeah. that. Well, yeah, romance is my that suit that suit this yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. My romance is the pursuit of justice. <laughs> I mean, that makes that makes it's sense. Of mm-hmm. Look, I'm happy for both of you. Thank you. Know, Thank you so much. You have this in your life. <laughs> but it does start to take a little bit of like a, not a turn, but it yeah. is. It, well, what are your thoughts about the way true crime has been popularized in our current I like hate it. Culture. I hate it. I feel like, you know, I feel like, I feel like that annoying kid in high school who knows a cool band and then everyone else gets into it, you know, and you're like, you don't know their B sides, you know? Yes. Like that's how I am with my true crime. Cause I was like, I have been watching these pro groups with no one to talk to for years by myself watching mm-hmm. Oxygen own <laughs> investigation discovery, <laughs> you know, 2020 when that's all you had. How about the first 48? The first 48. I didn't get into that for a while. It's a little too slow for me. Mm. Like, you know, it's all 48, <laughs> but it is good. You look, I'll take it if it's on, you know? Sure. I watch it on, it. I feel like I've watched it on planes a lot. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. There's nothing I love more than a jet blue flight <laughs> with some, <laughs> true with some ID. <laughs> oh, now that's a time. I'll be like, stop with the announcement. You're interrupting. Um, but yeah. Did you did you read a lot of true crime or watching it has been kind of your? It was always like watching it. I was mm-hmm. always you know I was an only child, and uh, I loved I lo- I would my things were reading, writing, and watching TV. And so because I was into reading and writing, my mom would let me watch the TV. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was like allowed. And as I got you know, and I was never a cool kid. So you know, on a Friday night, I'm in the house 
watching the program. 2020 with Barbara Walters. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I like a true crime. Yeah. So that was, I, that was how it started for me mm-hmm. doing that and just feeling like, Oh my God, the underbelly of humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, like that was part of it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe this. Does, does Andy, your fiance, like, does he get, do you get each other's? self-care practices or soothing things no he does not partake in mine i understand his they're pretty straightforward you know he exercises Mm -hmm. and makes sure to eat a vegetable with every meal pretty straightforward (laughs) but um, i'm watching true crime he's always like oh god like literally one time he was in the other room you know but it was on and there was something and he's like and i just hear him go jesus (laughs) what and he's like how do you just listen to like screams and gunshots? This is why you don't sleep. And I was like, oh God, it's fine. You did say you have one lotion that you like. <laughs> we talk about lotions on this show a lot. Yeah. Do lotions provide you any sort of sense of like calm or self-care? Well, you know, as a black person, I can't be ashy in these streets. Yes. You know, lotion is a requirement. You just learn, you just taught about lotion from like the day you're born. So <laughs> I just require my lotions. You know what I mean? It's just like being like my mom would literally roast me. And by roast me, shame me to death like if we went outside because you know the big thing you know this happens where like you're getting ready and then you go out in the sunlight and you see stuff yeah Meaning i would often nowadays i see cat hair but like, but like when i was little i would like go outside and she'd be like look at your damn feet you are not not taking you out of here go back in the house and put some lotion on them feet and so that was um very much part of the dynamic and i think now as an adult i rebel by having ashy feet but all about lotion. But see, my lotions, for instance, I don't really do a, I don't like a lotion that smells too much. Mm-hmm. I'll sometimes do it with a hand lotion mm-hmm. because I like to steal the lotions from the hotel. Mm-hmm. But really, I'm here for a set of fill. Set of fill. Light. But do you know the moisture that provides to mm-hmm. Do you know the I moisture? I do. I'm, I'm familiar. It's I'm like, trying to crack Dory because she like doesn't make faces. It's a girl. So I'm just oh, really? trying to be I like, do. Dory, <laughs> are you on board? I am on board. <laughs> She's trying to solve this like a mystery. She's a cool. She's a cool customer. Cetaphil is like an iconic. That's that was I, when my mom like my first face wash was Cetaphil. Ooh, I feel like light. when my first body like or, like whenever I I don't like there's something comforting about Cetaphil. There's no smell. Yes, you feel like it's like there. It doesn't need attention. Yeah. It's not pretentious. Yeah, it's just there to do its job. Have you ever like the regular lotion? Wonderful, but do you know the cream? That set of fill cream. Like um, the kind that comes in the jar the where you jar. take the top off? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I need a dab. It's very thick. So hearty. Mm-hmm. So hearty. It is so good. Also, set of fill's not cheap. You know, when you mm-hmm. compare it to like the Jergens or and other, yeah. like, the more like That's other groceries, not grocery store, drugstore brands. Yes. And so set of fill, I like to, you know, the one thing, I don't have a Costco membership, but I'm at a Cetaphil right now. And I was like, how do I get Cetaphil Me. if not in a f- two-pack at Costco? Me, I will get it for you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I have a, I'm at Costco. Because literally, you can get two for nine ninety nine. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, it's so... Everything at Costco makes sense. <laughs> Naomi, I want to talk about stand-up. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it, Dory. Well... It terrifies me as a person thinking about myself doing it. And I want to know, is this something that like from a young age you were like, that's what I want to do? Or how did you develop this <laughs> desire to do stand up? Yeah, um, definitely wasn't. I, I'm always uh, quick to point out I was never a comedy nerd, you mm-hmm. know, as people suddenly became like 10 years ago, you know, or like a comedy aficionado. I always wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be an actor from an early age. And you were. You are. I mean, you are. Ish. But a little bit. But like, I was even scared as a kid. Like, I was a very shy kid, but I still wanted to do it. Mm. Um, But I also didn't know how it could be done. You know, the TV felt yeah. very far away. And just like, I'm like, I don't get how a person gets in there, you know. Um, 
I was obsessed with Nickelodeon shows. I would like submit for any like contest or walk on or, you know, all that kind of stuff. I was like, that's all I ever wanted. And I think the intro was college, you know, when you're reinventing yourself. Yeah. Right. I was like, sure. Okay, I'm going to like try to audition for the improv group. You know, even, again, I never really, I'd never done improv. I did not have a sense, but I was like, oh, it's comedy and you make it up. And people seem to laugh when I talk. And so freshman year, I auditioned and I got a call back, but I didn't get in. And it was like the first, but it was, but I had so much fun in the audition and I remember them laughing and, you know, you would do these two person scenes and then you leave the room and I like left the room and heard them like still laughing at like what I said and like mm. repeating it. And I was like, Ooh, maybe I'm good at this. Yeah. And then that summer I took an improv class back in New York and then the next year I started doing it. So that was kind of my first taste. So I did a little bit in college, like bits and pieces. And then when I graduated, I did have an acting job, my first job out. But then after that, I was like, okay, I'm in New York already. So mm-hmm. now let's just like try it and go to bars. And, you know, I didn't even do a lot of open mics. I would do these little bar shows, but because I was from New York, friends would actually come. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you're 22, you're just like, you'll do anything at 22. Your friend's like, I'm performing in the back of a bar that's near no trains. <laughs> and you're like, let's go. <laughs> and so I think that got also gave me the confidence, right? Yes. Like we're pretty much talking to my friends and all, so many of my early jokes would be like dating stuff, dating horror stories or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And it was like, oh, okay. I think people like this. And then I was like, okay, I guess let's just keep doing it. I don't know. It didn't feel like a job at first. Mm-hmm. It started feeling like a job. I was saying like, 2016 meaning i had to do it whether i felt like it or not and i had to be creating new material mm-hmm. and so that's when you know job not as um uh defined as being paid as much as mm-hmm. having to generate regardless mm-hmm. of what you feel in your heart and soul because i would just have a day job and then just go do a show at night yeah and it was fun and it felt like oh great especially because i'm at this day job i don't really want to be at now i can kind of do my own thing but i still didn't understand how anyone made money as a comedian and was your first job writing for tv on broad city yes okay so it was 2013 well i was a writer's assistant season right. one, so that was 2013 so 2014 it was the first time and since then you have written for many tv shows i've gotten i got a few programs under my belt yeah and now you're performing stand-up all i mean you're traveling a, a ton am i right I was a little bit, and that's been also, that's just been a product of moving to LA. Yeah. I found mm-hmm. it because I can't really perform as much here. I have to go on the road to do it. In New York, there was no need to leave home um, because you could just get up every night. Um, of course, there is always the desire to go because sometimes I'm like, okay, will people find me funny in Peoria? Right? So you think, oh, I should go, but the, I didn't need it. Whereas here, like, I physically need to leave this place in order to. Because there just aren't as many venues. Yeah, not as many venues, not as many like good shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and you certainly don't get the opportunity to do like a long set mm. very much. And so there's a really big difference, you know, between doing 10 minutes of pop to then suddenly trying to hold it down for 45 minutes yeah. to an hour. And so you really need some opportunity. Like if if I'm going to go from there to there, the closest I can get is like performing a bunch. Like right now I'm preparing for a taping, a set. Cool. And I'm going to New York. It's only five days. I had to kind of truncate it because of everything else. I really wanted to do like a full like 10 days, two weeks. But the plan is to do two spots a night, four or five nights. Wow. And 10 shit. Like that, if that set's not in order after that, we got a problem. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But that's the only way I can do it. And I have a few shows here this week and I'm going to use that to be like, okay, what are the words? That's the, find it. I'm, I'm revising a book right now and it's, I'm on like the fourth or fifth revision, but it's, 
I get to revise in private. Like you have mm-hmm. to revise. You have to go out in public to revise and perfect your work. Like that's such a that's such a challenging part of your job. I know it sucks. Like that's fucking <laughs> hard. When you can't like like as a stand up, do you ever workshop it alone in a space, or do you need that relationship to the audience? to validate your instinct and help you know the way things are working or need to be working. It's funny. I will say this. For me, often I will use, I don't necessarily need an audience, I will use social interaction. And Hmm. I think I don't get as much of that here. Yeah. Because I just talk to friends. Comedians are no, really not comedians. Like one of my best friends who's an adjunct professor of sociology, like she's my girl who if I can get a laugh out of her, I know I might have a nugget of something yeah. that's worth saying on a stage later. A lot of stuff for me is conversational, especially because that's the style of my standup. Mm-hmm. So I, that's usually what starts. Like I'll have a conversation, be like, oh, I got to laugh. And then maybe I'll like try to say it again to a different person in a different setting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like two totally opposite people. I'm like, okay, okay, two strangers laughed. Okay, maybe this is something. <laughs> then I might write it down. Then I would take it on stage. Oh, it's so usually funny. what happens. But now, because I like only have two friends, I will... <laughs> I now have to work with her on stage. Like I did a show Monday night and it was literally just one of those where I was like, well, I guess I'm just gonna have to be on a journey and you're gonna have to deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> What's it like, like after a stand-up show, whether it's in your mind a success or not, how do you come down from that? Cause I feel like energetically performing similarly yes. to being on a podcast, like you're yes. on, you're giving yes. so much energy. Like what is, what is your like routine or ritual for, for afterwards? I know sister this is the struggle especially as i've been traveling more where i go and what i do because especially yeah because i know like especially when i'm away from home and so uh i did a couple dates opening for jonathan van ness and like that was playing to like two thousand three thousand people oh my god there were two shows a night oh my god done at maybe 11 30 how long was your set only 12 minutes so it was like easy but like especially because there were two right so i would do that 12 yeah but it was still just like electric and like, you know, you're on a big yeah. stage. It's like, how do I like get these people on board? Cause they don't know who I am. And they're, and, and you're opening right A little. It okay. was like, it kind of worked out. It was like kind of the dream gig in that it's not a cold. I'm not open cold. Okay, okay. He, he comes out and he does a gymnastics routine that is flawless. Oh my God. So they're already happy. And then while he's changing and, you know, kind of they're turning over the gymnastics stuff, oh, I perform. That's great. Yes. Oh, okay. So they're warm. Yes. They've already seen who they okay. paid for. Right, right, And of right. course, he does such a warm introduction. And he's like, you're going to love her. You know, and they're like, great. So we could, so it's already warm. But it's like, just performing for that many people um, is such a rush. And then also just the nerves going into it, making sure, you know, wanting yeah. them to like you. Yeah. Um, And then when you do have two shows, you know, if it was just the one, I would definitely just go sit down and be done. But because I know I have to keep my energy up, <sighs> I can't let myself lay down. Jonathan Van Ness cut your hair. Yes, that happened. And you, I wrote down your tweets that made me laugh. You said, I just opened for JVN in Las Vegas and he cut my hair after the show. He's the only white man I trust to handle my scandal. Yes. How, how was I getting a haircut from like <laughs> America's favorite current hairstylist? Well, I know. Well, it was funny because I definitely was like touched by an angel is how I felt. But it was just so funny the way it happened. You know, he has so much energy and he's a talker and it's we're all just sitting at a bench um at this festival in vegas where you know it's hot as hell so we're like under the tent and we're like we're just gonna stay here until it's time we can't oh, move god and so we're just like talking and he's not even talking to me per se like we're just all the table i'm next to him he's just talking 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 and then just literally in the middle of a sentence he just turns and he's like can i touch your hair and i was like whatever you want you know and then he like kind of takes it, he's like he's like oh he's like oh he's like very healthy he's like this is a good relaxer da-da. and then he's like hold on 
And then he like takes my hair and like folds it up. And he's like, okay, I'm like in the mood to give you like a blunt, like a Kardashian, like an angled kind of lob situation. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm on board. And literally went into his dressing room. He had 15 minutes till his next show. Holy shit. Oh my and we go God. in there and he's like, he's like, where's my cape? Where are my scissors? And he like, which he brings nice on way. the road with him. Well, of course he's handling stuff. And so he like gets his stuff out and he like, and it was short, you know, again, like there was no wash. It was like a dry cut. And he was like, okay, let me like, okay, what are we doing? Okay. Sip, sip, sip. And it was just amazing how, um, just that quickly, mm-hmm. right? Someone can just literally take a couple snips and just like, because when I think of my hair, is, it feels very like meh. I just want a shape to it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to do much to it every day, but if you get a good cut, right, you're like already styled mm-hmm. without doing anything. And so that was like a great two months after he did that. <laughs> but then I saw him in November when I opened that those three shows. And when I was leaving, like my last night, and he was like, he's like, your hair looks good. And I go, it's from when you cut it. <laughs> and he was like, and then... And he was like, okay, well, are you going to be in New York around Christmas? He's like, if you, he's like, text me and we'll figure out, you know, if I can do it again. And you know, I like was so scared to do it, but I legit was like, okay, Jonathan, if you happen to have some time and are available, can I please come over? And then I went over there. <gasps> yeah, the he day did? after Christmas, oh as it should be. God. Oh my god! And then gosh. he gave me another little trimmy trim. Your hair looks great. Your hair does Thank look great. So that's how Jonathan Van Ness became your hairdresser. I know. Can you imagine? I mean, no, I saw the pictures of it and I was just like, holy, like, <laughs> yes, like, yes. But also yeah. you kind of, I like, you kind of feel like you can't say no when someone right. like that is like, <laughs> I just want to do this. You're like, this is my hair now. But also like, that's exactly what I want. Like, yeah. I was literally like, is tan friends somewhere? Will he put me in clothes? Like, I was like, I would love, like, I watch every episode of Queer Eye and I'm like, can this happen for me? Everybody's coming out. Yeah. Yes. Where's Bobby? Bobby's, yes. <laughs> Bobby's going to build you a house. Yeah. Yeah. Two hours. <laughs> I would love that. Like I'm, di- and it's funny. Yes, I'm shooting this thing in Austin, and I think that's where they're doing New Queer Eye. And I was like, okay, if there is a way I can get to Austin, I mean, and get damn friends to buy me a goddamn shirt. All uh, I want, like he does that web series where he like has comedians, he like dresses comedians and stuff. I didn't know that. Yeah, like you know, obviously big famous ones. He did a uh, Ali Wong and Pete Davidson, like all these people. And he like dresses them. Like I. Clothes are my final frontier. I feel like we could make this clothes. happen for you. Also, you're saying that I love your jacket, like your whole outfit. Yeah, you're like the so only cute. fucking thing I have. That's the problem. Like I have a few outfits, and they go over and over. But as I do more things, like again, even the podcast, they take your picture. So it's like as you wear like stuff, you do stuff more and more. I can't wear the same fucking thing every time. So mm-hmm. how do you? How have you styled yourself for your stand-up shows? Because you're you've been on taped. TV stand-up specials. Will? You had a really cool pair of pants on in one of them. In Seth Meyers, I wore a jumpsuit. On Two Dope Queens, I wore a jumpsuit. See this? Here we then go. I discovered could barely fit me. Like, it was like, you know, <laughs> in closet. You're like, oh, I'll wear that. And then I got home and was like, girl, you can't fit that no more. <laughs> and so it was very tricky. I was like cinched in because it was all I had. Because yeah. that's what I thought I was going to wear. Um, uh, What else? up queen's jumpsuit half hour there was a jacket and a jean a jacket and a jean but it's like i don't know i feel because i think i feel like there's also this desire because i do want to be acting more Mm. i have to like look cute right like it's not you know in the world of stand-up it's like at least for me it's about being comfortable don't wear anything where a titty will pop out you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i'm doing other things i can't yeah you're moving your body yeah you can't but you know, if I want to be on camera, as Jenna Maroney would say, <laughs> I feel like 
then I got to kind of elevate it, you know? And I'm a little older now, so it's like, come on, dress like a grown woman. Switching gears a little bit. You must. You co-host a podcast with your fiance, Andy, who is a wonderful man. Thank you so much. And I would love your, like, what have, what has kind of been your learning experience from working with a partner, but also <laughs> hearing and answering people's questions about relationships? Like, is there a recurring question or conundrum that comes up? Because we get a lot of relationship questions yeah. from our mm-hmm. listeners too. Like it feels that's, and, and not just romantic relationships, but also friendships, friendships. especially as mm-hmm. adults, mm-hmm. feels like there is a constant, I don't know, they're constantly challenging. Yeah. I don't know if we had a, a, any through line yet, but I will say it is very, um, it's interesting. Younger people are always struggling with, um, how do I know if this relationship is real or what mm. should I do about this relationship? Yeah. And then a lot of older people, meaning out by older, I just mean like, you know, late twenties and on <laughs> almost all their issues are like, what do I do when I don't like my friend's partner? <laughs> like we get that. Mm. A bunch. Yes. <laughs> You get that too. Interesting. Like that is such a, that's happening all around us. And that's surprising. Um, but also working on a pod in general with your partner, you know, I don't recommend it. It's fine. (laughs) No, it's good. It's interesting. Just, you know what it is? And I think working with anybody, this is the tricky thing. When you have different, you have to hold the project, uh, it has to be as as important to both of you. Yeah. And I think Mm. that's the kind of thing that like, and you also have to say, have the same work ethic. Mm-hmm. And those are two things you kind of don't know until you're already in it. You know yeah. what I mean? You yeah. kind of know if it matters, them, the, you know, how it matters to the other person beforehand, but you don't kind of know how they work until you start working. And I will say, I'm saying that as the lazy one of the two of us. I'm not <laughs> saying that. Like, the thing is, like, he does so much of it. And it's sort of like, it sometimes feels a little uneven. But then I'm also like, I don't feel like it. And so, but then I feel guilty. <laughs> And then also, you know, because I do, I was like traveling and doing other things, you know, sometimes it can be like an afterthought for me. Yeah. Mm. Um, not the actual doing of it as much as, you know, you have to constantly book, especially with us having a live show element. We're booking the monthly live show and we're getting guests in the studio. And your live show is, it's like, it's a ton of people. Every yeah, month. It, yeah. It's the, a lot of, booking. so it's usually eight because it's four duos. So you try to get, you know, get people. And then of course you have one person cancels and that whole duo was out. And mm-hmm. then is that person mm-hmm. scrambled? Do you scramble? Et cetera. So it can be so much of that, that, um, I'll be like, Oh, right. We have a show coming up. Do we have a lineup? Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, get out of here. Um, he's not upset about it, but I do worry about it creating resentment. That's what I mean. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I should do it. Cause I'm like, I don't know anyone should do it because unless you are going to kind of put in the 50-50 work and be on the same page, it has the potential to breed resentment in a love affair. You know, you can resent your coworker or like your friend. Right. You, you don't know, have to like, like sleep in the same bed exactly. with them at night. Yeah. yeah. You can like just not talk to – like if you and your friend have, you know, work on something and it sucks, you maybe don't talk for a couple months and then you come back again. Yeah. You know? Yep. Whereas this is like, well – you Good gotta, night. Who's gonna walk that dog? <laughs> Here, here's a, something you tweeted that recently, and oh I was going like, into the archives. Go well. This is a <laughs> this is a recent one. You wrote so Andy Beckerman, who's your fiance, says I'm weird for assuming an invite to one person in a couple doesn't automatically include their partner. Which I thought was such a good question, like a great <laughs> question about society today. Uh, and <laughs> then you made me laugh really. You said, I'm friends with plenty of people whose partner I barely know, and I'm not someone who needs to be with my man all the time. Am I soulless? 
And I think you're right. I am really, I am just like very serious about this. It really has me livid. I don't Our, know. I just, then again, you're talking to someone who also works with their partner. Yeah. But I I think, and maybe also I was an only child. My mother mm. was a single mother. It has always been vital to me that I be able to stand on my own two feet. We don't even have a joint account, bank account. Yeah. Like, you take care of those bills. I'll take care of these bills. Like, we tried doing a joint account for a while, but then can never, like, equally keep money in it because of the nature of our work. We were, like, never employed at the same time. So it was just like, take care. Like, I I want my separate friends. Because I also would have this thing early in the relationship. At this point, we've been together. Next month will be 10 years. So I know it was a long time. But early on, like, I I always wanted to have my friends because I didn't want to be that girl who gets lost in her boyfriend. And then when that relationship ends, she ain't got nobody around. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of like that. I was like, if you go away, I need to have my community and my safety net. So I always wanted to have my friends away from him. I need to be able to talk about him, you know, just have people. And so um, when other couples aren't like that, I really balk at that. And then also, I just know so many people where I don't really know their partner. You know, where it's like, yeah. that person's fine. Like, maybe they had the, like, it's like, but I don't know them well enough. And now I'm in a situation, if I'm in a situation where, like, I'm paying for people. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. I want your random ass man here mm-hmm. who don't say nothing or is weird or boring. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or all. Or all, all of, of the, the above. above. The times where I'm like, oh, I want Andy there are times where I don't know anybody and yes. I want a person to Which is like to. a wedding. That's Bingo. it, right? Yeah. Like, unless okay. I don't, if I know people at the wedding and then it's more like, you know, like, you know, I've, Andy's definitely come to a wedding that was more of a college reunion and he's got to say, and then he's like, all right, are you guys having fun? <laughs> those, are the, those are the words. Yeah. But then there are other weddings where it's like, we've literally just talked to each other at the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, without you here, I would be <laughs> Exactly. <nothing>. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think it, it depends. But then, and, but I agree. It's like, I don't know. Cause my email did not say significant others welcome. It was like, we're doing a dinner celebration. I have reserved the patio. Now, I didn't say, I didn't go in deep and say, like, this is a seated event. We have max 22 people. Mm. I didn't say that. Because what I also thought would happen was that the people would then ask if they could bring the partner. So, yeah. Then I could do the whole explanation of like, hey, I only had this many seats. This is about a specific experience that happened to you. <laughs> this, was, this wasn't just like a hypothetical. <sighs> you rented specific. a patio. Yeah. You invited friends. And then people brought partners. It hasn't happened yet, but certain people okay, are oh, but, uh-huh, saying uh-huh. we are coming. And I said, we were not invited. <laughs> but I can't do that. So now here. But it's funny because Andy factored in the partner oh. already with certain couples. And I'm like, why? And that's, that's what made me tweet it. <sighs> because he and I were really sitting at home and I was like, why would you do that? And he's like, Naomi, you're the weird one. He's like, people like most times you invite somebody to something, you're bringing their partner. But I agree. A party, like a backyard moment, a come as you are. Yeah. But when there is seating involved, everybody must be counted. I draw like a lot of like lines in the sand in podcasts because I know it's recorded. And that way, that's like my passive aggressive way of dealing with the issue directly, <laughs> you know? So that way someone who's like, okay, I know never to just bring my partner over to Naomi's house. But I, I actually think it's a really interesting question too, especially because money, like there's your finances involved. Like the, it's, if it's something you're hosting too, I don't know. I just thought that was such an interesting tweet. <sighs> now that I know it's about a real situation, <laughs> I am. But, but in general, I am that kind of person. And, and even Andy has had to adjust to that because I think his parents... His parents have been together 50 years. They do everything together. Like wow. their whole social scene is each other. Yeah. They'll be apart for work. But every social thing is like they've got their couple friends and they yep. do their thing. And I think that's what he was. He grew up seeing. And yeah. he was just like, yeah. that. And so, and I was so, I'm so much more like, 
no, go do your thing. Or there'll be times he'll be like, a friend of his is in town. He's like, you want to get dinner with us? And I go, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's your friend. Like, y'all going to talk about some shit from 1997. Right. Then you need to be able to do that without, like, me there. I also hate scenarios where I'm just, like, there as the woman or the partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you're, like. You're getting it, like, the conversation happens and then you have to get explained. The expl- exactly. Yeah. 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 Who's Tori? Okay. Uh, Continue. (laughs) Well, but also I think this to me that is such an active self care choice (laughs) to not put your because it's your time. Anyone's time is precious and valuable. You're on the road. You're working a lot. Like you don't sitting at a dinner that you don't want to be at. Like that's not fun. Yeah, that is not your no. Like I and those are really good boundaries to set. That I think a lot of people have a hard time setting those boundaries. Uh, I don't know how you can't. Don't you find being around other humans to be painful sometimes? <laughs> yes, are, yeah. Are either, are either of you depressed? I don't know. Um, Mo- anxious more, but okay. yes. Okay. Yes. But I, I just, to me, like that power down and that private yes. time is so crucial to survival mm-hmm. for me. Are you, are you introverted? I don't, someone call me an introverted extrovert, which I'm like, I don't really get it. I don't know if they made it up, but I kind of think I am. I kind of think I am. I think ultimately because I, people kind of stress me out, I will always choose to be by myself. Yeah. And then it's usually like someone else has to kind of, especially now that I have a partner, I think so much of my going out and about in your twenties is about finding someone. Yeah. And then once that was kind of done, I was like, do I have to go to a party now? No. It's like, yeah, you're done with that yeah, part I was like, of I was life. Like, What's the point of a party? Yeah. I was like, I can't hear anybody. <laughs> You know, like, oh, God, I hate when it's loud. I just hate when things are loud. I hate when things are loud, too. I'm yelling both of your ears right now. They're wearing headphones, and I'm just yelling into the microphone, listener. (laughs) I hate when things are loud. I I also don't like when things are loud. When you have to go to a social situation and no one can hear. Yeah. Now I'm thinking of the parties I've been dragged to. I was at a party like a week or so ago where I was excited to be there, but it was so loud in the party that it was like, what am I even? What's the point of what's this? What's the point? Right? Yeah, so exactly. Much, you can't have a conversation. Have, and so much, especially here in LA, where so much of that stuff is is ultimately about networking. The fact that you would make it so that people can't actually network or connect is baffling mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, it was the kind of music you know when the music is so um loud, like the bass, you like feel it in your bones. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm like, they about to give me a damn arrhythmia. <laughs> Living. <laughs> you're just Living. You're shouting and you can't totally hear. So then you just nod and you lose your voice. <laughs> like, what was, what was the point of any of that? What was the point when there are programs mm-hmm, at home mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. a bed and animals? Well, that feels like a very nice note to end on. Animals. Animals. Programs. <laughs> programs. And a bed. That's all you need. <laughs> oh. This anyway. is a delight. Yeah. I know you hate podcasts, but no, you're really good at being me. on them. Thank you so much. That's when I like talking. To this people. was so, so fun to have you on. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. Would anyone like to find out more about you, your touring schedule? Oh, honey, you're just going to have to follow the internet because I can't keep up with Where it. Where can we find Come you? Come to Twitter. Come to at Blacktress on Twitter, spelled the way you think it's spelled. <laughs> on Instagram, at Blacktress Comedy. Someone else took it. Let's not get into it. Someone else took plain Blacktress. So I had to add comedy to the end on Instagram. Is that person an active user? Are they on there? They're active. Uh, oh. Okay. We get mistagged all the time. Oh, that's <laughs> But Just check it out there on CouplesTherapyPod.com, guys. It's fun. Thank you, Naomi. Thank you. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older. 
and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I know. visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their mm-hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm-hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. I love Naomi. I do too. She's truly one of the funniest freaking She's people so funny. ever to exist. She also planet. totally called me out on being like aloof. Yeah. <laughs> She had your number from the she start, really did. which I love. It was so funny. She killed me. Did you feel seen? Yes. Yeah. Are you? Do you think you're aloof? I think I can come off as aloof. I feel like you, in social situations, are ta- have taken a step back and are observing everything. Yes. Like, like your brain, like my is, son, like your son. Your brain is just sitting there. At, you're processing yes. everything. You see everything that's happening. Yeah, and I think that's actually what I was doing with her, and she read it as like you're not reacting to anything I'm saying, which was not my intention, but I could see how it could come off that way. I love it. So yes, I felt very seen. Anyway, moving on. Moving on to intentions. Um, Did you do to our voicemails what you did to our inbox? No, (laughs) I made zero progress. (laughs) I mean, you know my feelings on this. Yeah, you're kind of like live and let live yes. and let lie or yep. what, what I can't I can't let it okay. I, I'm worried I'm missing voicemails I want to have everything kind of organized I just I just need to just kind of carve out the time so no but okay. it's but you know I feel like it'll get done great this what, week, what's going on this week well first I just want to note this is not part of my intention but did you know Justin Bieber's new song is called intentions oh, it's oh. not about the end of our podcast oh, damn but he has a song called intentions oh, look at that yep yep hmm. just wanted to point Everyone's that out jumping on the intentions train yeah, maybe he's a listener 
Okay, well, look, circling back, inspired by TikTok, I want to learn a dance. And also, I need to practice my tapping. Okay. Because right. the tapping, I can also practice my ballet. So the class I take, it's 30 minutes ballet, 30 minutes tap. Again, like someone pointed out, like for a toddler. Um, <laughs> but at the tapping, I think I can kind of practice, like mm-hmm. shuffle, ball, change. Yeah. Yep, so, yep, but yep. also I want to learn a basic TikTok dance. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, th- I'm excited for this for you. This could all peter out and just not become anything okay. or... I could just or start. Or I'm speaking to the next TikTok star. Can you imagine if I move into TikTok collab house hype house <laughs> with a bunch of like 18 year olds? <laughs> I mean, I can. I'm in bed at nine thing. o'clock and they're all yeah. making videos in the living room. Mm. And they're like, Kate, you haven't made enough videos today. Get out of this house. Yeah. <laughs> I last for 24 hours. <laughs> Dory, last week, your intention was to remember to take time for yourself. And then I checked in. I like sent a text to you and I was like, how's it going? You're like, I'm very stressed. (laughs) Were you able to do anything that was kind of caring? Keep going. Keep going with that noise. (laughs) Not a thing. (sighs) Nothing comes to mind per se. I mean, isn't that what we're doing here? Like, isn't that we like we've talked about this so much. Sometimes sometimes really hard. Yeah, I did read. I did read before I went to sleep. Sometimes I was so tired that I could like barely read a page. But I did read before you did it. I did it. Have you stayed up with stayed consistent with your journal? Yes. My one line a day journal. Yes. Yes. I haven't been writing so much in my other journal in part because I've been getting into bed so tired that like. I just write in my one line a day and then... That's great. I mean, I put on my yoga toes, obviously. Darn it with these yoga toes. (laughs) Listen, if you had yoga toes on your Forever 35 bingo... You just won. You just won. Um, But yeah, it's not been the best best few weeks for self-care. Well, then what, what is happening for you this week? This week, I want to get my office in a state where I can actually like sit down and do work because you have work that needs to be done i do have work that needs to be done and i've been doing it like at the dining room table which there's like too much going on in the main the main living space for me to really be able to focus so i would like to get that you gotta get that door cave done exactly you get it yeah a door cave a door cave (sighs) all right well This brings us to the end of the show. Friends, we love you. We do. And that's why we're going to tell you that Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. And Sam Reed is our podcast project manager. And we will talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.